Welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. I come to you with, it seems like uh, Dr. Daniels, the world's coming to an end, it seems like. Well, <laughs> it's just a lot of weird times going on now, and we've been off the off podcasting for a while, and I do, a, this, this part is on me. I do apologize. I had a procedure done, and the recovery, Dr. Daniels, um, did not go as planned. But after going to a couple of church services here recently, I have realized that it was planned for me to go through because during those two weeks that I was down and out, I had a lot of revelations that made me sit and think about where I was going in life and what I was supposed to be doing. You know, the gifts that God gave me and how I'm supposed to be using them. And this is one of the things that I'm supposed to be doing, which is talking with you and, and bringing people closer to God. So well, we man, are, if that's the case, all the pain was were well worth it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you're looking wonderful. I'll say this. You're looking great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, now I cannot remember the young lady's name. I went to a conference and I was sitting randomly at a, at a table and the lady said, you go to Enoch. I said, yeah, I know that. I knew that, that you're on the podcast, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And I cannot think of her name, but I know she's watching it. Cause she was asking about when we're coming back oh. and everything. So if you're watching it, big shout out to you. It was nice meeting you at the conference. Now let's talk about the huge elephant in the room, mm-hmm. which is, is two of them. Actually, we got the elections that's coming up mm-hmm. and the candidates and we also have the coronavirus that's also happening around the same time. Yes. And what's odd about this, in a random conversation that me and you was having, you were saying um, that how some of the events that's taking place reminds you a little bit of the end of days that's in Revelations. And I wanted to touch bases on that a little bit later on in the conversation to see if you still feel that way. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's this is... For the time that we've had now, like we know we've had um, uh, issues before, before mass media with with viruses, the Spanish flu, and things like that, where it spread across the world. H one N one, right, right. So we've had this happen before. So, but I think a lot of this is really catching people off guard of how fast it happened mm-hmm. and then what's happening to us. Right, the and, severity of, of what happens when you catch it. Yeah. Right, right, right. You know, I, his, 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 just, just to throw this out, you know, if you think about um, Exodus, for example, and I'm going to go back a little bit. If you go back to Exodus, when, when um, the government was um, a government that was ruled by a, um, a person that had, uh, he was a tyrant, basically. Right. Pharaoh was a tyrant, right? And so <clears throat> God said, I hear, I hear my people's cry. And the way that I'm going to deliver them from Pharaoh, because he's not going to want to let you go, but the way I'm going to deliver um, them from Pharaoh is I'm going to bring some plagues, right? Now, the irony is this, he brought plagues upon Egypt, but the, the people that he was delivering from Egypt, they had to go through the plagues as well. Yeah. So they had to deal with the plagues, even though the plagues were meant for their good. And in the end, it caused them to be delivered. You know, when God brought lice, the lice didn't just stay in the rich neighborhood. Right. The lice came to where the Israelites were as well. When the Nile was turned red to blood, 
And so therefore you couldn't have clean water. It didn't just affect the Egyptians. It affected the Israelites as well. Right. Well, you know, there's a lot of similarities that we have today. You know, we have a leader that is somewhat of a tyrant. He, he wants to be a, uh, a, uh, a king, you know? Yeah. So, well, what if God said, said, you know what? I need another plague. Because if you think about the ripple effect of this, the ripple effect of this seems to be, again, the stock market is down. People's confidence in, in him is, is, is going down. Right. And so there might be an opening for a new president in November 2020. Yes, I, I do. I do totally agree with that. You know, and, you know, sometimes in order to get better, you got to go through some stuff. Yeah. You know, it's not always uh, one thing that you taught me. You know, especially when you get closer to God, it's not it's not like you're going to walk through a, a hallway or a path that's cut through. You know, there's already cut path and you able to just walk through there just as clean and easy. Oh, no, it's rocky. The storm bushes through there. It's like you got the work to get there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, and it's what's crazy. The road to the devil it's just as wide <laughs> and you know, there's nothing and nothing in front of you. It's, mm-hmm. it's weird. It's like you can go do, you know, negative things really easy, but it's hard to wake up every day mm-hmm. and to be positive about your output on life, positive towards people. You got to work at it. Yeah. You know, and I think a part of it is because of our own perceptions and our own, you know, expectations, you know, when, when you're not close to God, you don't expect to get blessings. That's, yeah. So if you don't get them, yeah, it's no big deal. I wasn't expecting God to bless me no way, you know. But once you get saved, you, you know, your expectations seem to be, okay, it's going to be easy now because I'm saved. Right. But um, Jesus said that if they persecute me, they're going to persecute you too. Yes. So, you know, I think a part of it is our expectations don't really marry up to what the Bible says we ought to be thinking about. Um, to me, the big difference is not whether or not I go through, but how I go through. You know, like you take, you know, the coronavirus, for example. I mean, Lord knows I'm praying because I certainly don't want anybody to go through any difficult times because of it. And I certainly don't want to, you know, experience uh, um, uh, the virus personally myself. But, but, but the thing is this, <clears throat> it is causing economic despair, right? Because people are, things are shutting down. People are without, you know, their normal uh, avenue to get revenue right. in their pockets. Um, and and uh, uh, schools have been closed. So if a lot of parents have to make a choice, do I stay home, you know, or do I uh, pay someone else to stay there with my child? Right. So either way, you know, it's costing them one way or another. The thing, I look at it like, like this, when I had not God in my life, and I had to go through this, it was much more difficult for me to get through it. When I have God in my life, he always makes a way for me to go through it. Right. So I may go through because like Jesus said, it, it rains on the just as well as the unjust, right? So we both may be going through, but as a just individual, meaning one that's saved and has God in their life, my outcome will be different than the unjust person's outcome. And, and my road, while it may be difficult, I'll be able to make it through, you know, and I'll be able to prosper 
while I'm making it through. Yeah. You know, I said, to me, that's the beauty of being saved. Um, but I, I do feel for those who are going through, you know, and, and we're going to be praying for them because it's a difficult time. Yeah. And you, and you hit the nail on the head this past Sunday when you said when you're saved and you, you know you're taken care of. Mm-hmm. Like when you get to that point where you know you're taken care of, all that weight just releases off of you. Absolutely. You know, it's like, okay, I, he got me. Mm-hmm. You know, so stop trying to force things and, you know, just kind of just let it flow. Another thing I want to touch on is, you know, Dr. Daniels, I believe this whole situation was somewhat meant to happen to bring families back closer together. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Because now people finding out, you know, right about now, if did you marry for lust? (laughs) Or did you marry your partner that your partner that's supposed to be helping you out? Mm-hmm. This is what you finding out right now. If you married for the right reasons, your household is straight. Right. You got a partnership. You're working as a team. You know, your kids are at home and you're like, you know, you know, okay, what we're going to do. We got to homeschool the kids now. Mm-hmm. You know what we're going to do. You know, you, you, you know, it's like almost not this back into 1950, but the mindset of people is not 1950. You know, your wife is not going to sit at home all day dealing with the kids, you know, you know, cooking, cleaning and, and doing laundry. So, okay, uh, man, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, are you going to be able to take off work if you're, if you're not laid off because mm-hmm. of everything and mm-hmm. be able to come home and help out and work as a team? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's, but it's making everybody get back closer together, checking on one another. Hey, are you okay? Picking up the phone. Hey, are, are y'all okay? Right. You know, instead of just going through life blindly and on autopilot, Oh yeah, most definitely. I, you know, if if nothing else, if I am quarantined, whether it's self quarantine or because uh, there is nothing outside for me to do, you know, <laughs> right. restaurant clothes, you know, bowling alley clothes, that kind of thing, if it forces us to um, get back to doing something that we have stopped doing, right, and which is communicating, you know, yeah, ha- having meals together where everybody's sitting at the table together. And talking and 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 even um, spending more quality time with, like you say, with your children, you know, with your family, uh, because when you got when you have outside outlets, you know, we we tend to spend more time planning for the outside mm-hmm. than enjoying the inside, you know. Yeah. So you're you're right. It certainly it's a great opportunity for people to kind of refocus, you know, and get right get back in in lockstep with with family life and, and, and start back enjoying one another. Uh, but like you say, if you married somebody for the wrong reason, uh, being uh, stuck for 14 days is not a happy thing. No, no, it's not. <laughs> but, but it's an opportunity to learn who you with though, you know, yeah. so you can turn it around and make it a happy thing. You know? Yeah. And you know, sometimes too, a crisis quote unquote, will bring people together. Like you don't have time to be dealing with petty stuff and, Make you know, getting mad over little things or creating reasons to be mad, you know, because right. now you got real stuff that you got to take care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, you you really like you say it. You know, uh, and Martin Luther King, and I'm not going to say it exactly like he said it, but Martin Luther King said it this way. He said that tragedy builds character. You know, you don't know who you are till you go through something. Right. You know. Right. And 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 likewise. Um, you don't know who you are as a team until you go through something. So, 
you know, when, when, when spouses um, face adversity together, um, it gives you an opportunity to see who you really are. But also when you face it together, it makes the problem half of what it was yeah. if you were going through it by yourself. And in a sense, it, it can lead to quite a bit of joy, you know, once you get on the other side. Yeah. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about the elections. Uh, <clears throat> you got um, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Now, I like Bernie. I like what he says. But sometimes I think it's not based in reality. 85% of the time, it's not based in reality, <laughs> in my opinion. Now, if Bernie Sanders' stuff is not based in reality, also, I just don't feel like he could beat a Donald Trump. Even if, it, even if what he was saying he could pull off, mm -hmm. I don't think he could beat Donald Trump, even on Donald Trump's worst right. day. You're right. I don't think... I don't, I don't think he could either. There's, there's, there's an interesting thing that I, I um, uh, noticed. I was watching um, a documentary on Hillary Clinton. And Hillary Clinton said, no one in the Senate liked Bernie Sanders. Mm. She said Bernie has done nothing in the Senate except stir up trouble. Now, I don't know personally because I wasn't there. Right. But she was there. And that's what she, she said. When I listened to him talk, that's the impression I get that that seems to be his role, you know, to yeah. stir stuff up. But in order to get stuff done, you need consensus. You right. know, I don't care how great your idea is. You need consensus. And that's my fear about him. Even if he were to win, who in the world would vote for some of the stuff that he, he, he you know, he, he proposes. Right. You, you think about, um, you know, he wants Medicare for all, for example. Um, See, I don't think everyone wants Medicare for all. He seemed to think that way. But everybody doesn't want Medicare for all. I don't want Medicare for all. Right. I want an option. Right. I like my current insurance. You know, I'm, I retired from the federal government. I have what I consider to be wonderful insurance. Right. Uh, so to me, you know, you are the, you know, it's those kind of things that he is presuming that people want. That, that's not necessarily so. Uh, I'm not a socialist. I'm just not a socialist by nature. I right. believe in capitalism. Uh, I believe, I don't believe in people taking advantage of people, but I believe in capitalism. Right. And Bernie seems to have a platform that there's something wrong with being rich. Yeah. Now I'm not rich by the long stretch of the imagination, but I don't see anything wrong with people being rich. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just don't. Now I, what I have a problem with, and this is me personally, if a guy can spend $500 million, Knowing he had to know that there was no chance of him being president, but you got so much money, you can spend five hundred million dollars. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not one to tell somebody to do what to do with their money, right? But I can think of a million things that that money could have went to that would have benefited society way more than you basically just flushing it down the toilet. I, I agree wholeheartedly, but. <laughs> It's his money. It's his money, right? You know, if he wanted to go outside and have a barn fire, yeah, it's his money. You know, and I, I think, and that's the only thing. That's why I think Bernie, as you said, is unelectable as a president because he is an he. 
he is in um, his ideological stance is a dream uh, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, for example, um, Bernie says um, free tuition at all state schools, free tuition. Now, it's a wonderful idea. Who is going to pay for it? Right. You know, I mean, I look at my current tax bracket and I can tell you, I am not happy with the amount of money I pay in taxes. Right. On a Bernie's plan, I'm going to probably pay about 5% more in taxes. Yeah. Because somebody got to pay for those schools. Right. You, you know, and so I, 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 uh, there are those kind of socialist ideas that bother me. Do, do I think he is a better person than Trump? Yeah. But his ideas, you know, kind of bothered me from a financial standpoint. Yeah. I, I think the stock market would plummet if, if Bernie <laughs> became president. Um, Bernie Sanders is the type of person I think you need in the room to bring up an idea that sparks a conversation. Yes, sure. Mm -hmm. But in, it, it won't be his idea that actually gets <clears throat> done. It's okay, that's a good idea, Bernie. Let's flesh that out and see if we could come up with something that's actually that we could do. You know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to come up with this big audacious goal. Mm -hmm. And it's okay, let's see if we can meet this or come close to getting there. Yeah. You know, how close can we get to this? You Ber know. Bernie is good for a negotiating strategy. Yeah. You know, he he's the extreme. Right. And, and so if you throw his stuff on the table, you're more likely to end up somewhere in the middle. middle. You there know? you go. If you throw the middle idea on the table, you've already lost. Right. right. And somebody, somebody, someone in the pundits was saying that a lot of, um, with America, because Trump, he, Bernie Sanders is like the opposite of Trump, like on what they do. And mm -hmm. people are just tired of that. Like they be like, let's get back to somewhere here in the middle. Right. And I agree. It's like, Trump says some outlandish things too. Sometimes some of it, I just sit back and just laugh at. It's like, it's okay. You know, let's build a wall and we're going to have these so many billions of dollars. And like, this wall is not going to stop the Mexicans from coming here. It's like, honestly, you can't stop anybody from coming here if they really want to get here. You know, if Absolutely. you truly want to get here, you're going to get here, you know? So that's, you know, it's, it's just, it is what it is. Now let's talk about, um, Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. Now, my issues with Joe Biden is really his age. If there was anything that I had issues with, mm -hmm. I don't think he could be president for eight years. Well, we don't need him for eight years. <laughs> we just need him for four. I understand that. We just need him to beat Trump. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking at I'm looking at the the whole thing and I think for me it's important to know who he's going to choose as the vice president well he said he's going to choose a female that's what he said in the last debate that he he guaranteed yeah uh on the debate stage that he was going to elect a female I just hope he he doesn't elect a female that causes him to lose the election right see he needs to select a female in my opinion that um white America will vote for. Yes. White females will vote for uh, because that's how you win the election. You know, um, that, that's how Obama won the election, you right. know, with college educated right. white females right. 
and, and of course, the minority vote. J- Joe's his advantage is that many people pre- presume that he's going to pick up where, you know, where Obama left off. And that's right. his advantage. And I hope he uses that, you know, to the utmost. Um, uh, the, the thing that I hope Joe is able to do is to not do what Hillary did, which was allow Trump to, to go negative and not uh, uh, punch back hard. Mm-hmm. You know, you need a hard, and I, I love Michelle Obama. I love her, I love her you, know, um, in, you know, in a theoretical sense. Right. And so when she said, when they go low, we go high, you know what, that sounds good. The rhetoric, rhetoric sounds good. But see, that's not how you win the fight. Right. <laughs> you know, you win the fight by out punching the person. Right. You know, and you want a knockout. You, you know? And so that's what I hope Joe does. I hope Joe um, goes for the jugular every time Trump says something stupid. Now, since we're speaking on that, do you think it would be a Michelle Obama? If he ele- if he made a sh- Michelle Obama his running mate, he would win the election. By landslide. La- landslide. Most definitely he would win. I, I just think he, none of the females that were on the, that, 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 that he, that, that, that were vying for the democratic ticket. None of them, I think should be on. I agree. None of them should be up yeah. there with him. I agree. Uh, he, he need to go talk to Michelle and ask her to yeah. get on the ticket with me. He'll win quicker with Oprah than he would with Michelle. Then excuse me. He'll win quicker with Oprah than he would with any of the other you know, folk that, that he, that he had. Right. Um, but he needs to talk to Michelle and if he put Michelle on a ticket. Oh, it's a done deal. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a wrap. I mean, it's, it, it'll be the most, it probably more people voting than it was when Obama ran. Oh yeah. Cause the women would, the women would, they, they, they love her. So they would flock to the polls. Of course, you know, the minorities going to flock to the polls and, you know, and educated people flock to the polls. Yep. It would be it would be a totally different uh, uh, a dynamic because people would be thinking to themselves as well. You're right. He's old. Okay, no problem. Right. If, if something happens to him, Michelle is, right. is the president. Right. And, and and so because of her closeness with Barack and you know and 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 all the, um, I, I guess the, the 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 knowledge that 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 comes with her being that close to him when they were in the White House. Yeah. Well, I think it'd be a done deal. Yeah. You know when you really think about it too. You haven't heard much from Barack Obama during all of this stuff going on. Not one peep. And that is like the game plan for when you want to be super quiet because mm-hmm. something's coming down the pipe. You don't want no sound bites coming out of what you said, you know, here recently. Right. So, yeah, I'm all for it. You know, I'm all for Michelle running as vice president and in four years running as, you know, running for president. That I'm all for great. it. Yeah, that would be Phenomenal. Yes. If, if she would do that, you, you know, if, if I were Joe, I'll say this too. If let's say Michelle said no, if Michelle said no, I would find a female Republican. Yeah. And make her my running mate. What about Condoleezza Rice? Because mm. she's been, she's been really a moderate Republican. She has been. I, Condoleezza to me was too close to, to uh, Bush. Bush. Yeah, I, I just, you know, there are a lot of lot of minorities that weren't comfortable, yeah. you know, with, with, with Bush. But, um, but, but I tell you what, Trump is so bad, it's making Bush look like, <laughs> I take Bush any day. But I, I, me, now me personally, see, I, 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 was, I felt differently about Bush than most minorities. I like Bush. 
Yeah. I really like Bush number one. Okay. More than I like Reagan. Uh, Cause I really didn't care for Reagan a whole lot. Uh, I, I, I was not an advocate of trickle down economics, um, but I like Bush one and I like Bush number two, because when you think about some of his policies, and it's true how he dealt with the financial crisis was horrible. <clears throat> but if you think of some of his policies, his policies really were not that bad for minorities. I mean, Bush is the one that implemented no child left behind. Right. You know, which was good for minorities. Right. Now, the states, to me, me, didn't implement it the way he really thought and, it would be implemented. Exactly. You know, you know right. Uh, but, but the idea was a great idea. Uh, if you think about his take on um, how, the housing market, I mean, it wasn't his fault that the housing market crashed. He relaxed things so everybody could buy a house. Right. <laughs> he made it so anybody could buy a house. It's just that people... Uh, took advantage of it, you know. There you go. The loan officers took advantage of yep. it, you know, and 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 put people in situations that they couldn't get out of. Right. So what he tried to do was not bad. It's just that the implementation of it by people taking advantage of what he had established to me caused some problems. Uh, I mean, going to war probably wasn't a good idea, uh, but you know, everybody entitled to one mistake. Yeah. Yeah. So I and. Also, I, I can't imagine being president because a lot of a lot of the things that you try to implement, you don't really see the results of it until you either four or five years down the road or you're already out of office. Right. right. And you basically sit back, you know, then you got the people to come in behind you, whether or not they're trying to undo it, you know, so you can't even really see did it actually work mm -hmm. or yeah. they reap the benefits and say they did it. Yeah, exactly. So, well, we're coming up here on uh, uh, 26 minutes, coming close to 30. So is there anything um, we would like to tell the, the audience of what to look forward to from us and, and what we're going to, what we got planned and cause we're you know, pretty soon we have nothing but time. Well, it'd be, it'd be <laughs> interesting dynamic as we move forward. Uh, because as you say, you know, uh, these are some uncertain times, so it's hard to say where we're going to go. Um, but what I can say we can look forward to is because of the uncertainness of the times we live in, um, it, it, it's an opportunity to take advantage. You know, you know, sometimes people look at times like these and they see the downside. They don't stop to think about that when changes are happening. That's a, that's a time to look at the changes and take full advantage of the changes, you know, you yeah. can benefit from them. Um, and I think the stock market is an example of that is that, you know, when you think about it's, it's, it's really plummeting right now, right. But you know, individual stocks, um, uh, those companies that you know are going to not going to go away. You right. Know, it's time to jump on them now and take advantage of it. Right. Well, you, you stretch your dollar, you know, uh, e even further. So even though it might seem like it's bad and uncertain, you know, you just never know what God's going to do. So I'm just looking forward to seeing how we come out. I think we can come out of this a better nation, yeah. better people. Um, when I was in school, one of the things one of my instructors said to me was this, and he was a man uh, t teaching organizational uh, theory. He said, if you want people to work as a team, give them a common enemy and yeah. they'll come together. Well, our nation has been divided for a long time. Yes, it We've has. We've been divided for three years 
And so uh, in three months, we have a common enemy. So maybe this is a great time to come together. Yeah, it is. It is a good time. And you know, the real ironic thing, too, with Donald Trump's last press conference, mm-hmm. for once he sounded normal. Like, right. like he like, okay, uh, okay, I got to leave the bravado and, you know, mm-hmm. all the extraness. Let me be somewhat like a, you know, like I'm, I'm supposed Someone to be. Someone that has humanity. Right. Well, thank you all so much for listening to us. And we will be back hopefully next week with another um, podcast episode. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Till next time.